Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now welcome to super movie brothers let's start the show Welcome to Super Movie Brothers. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Dave. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Jay. Episode 201. Mm. Episode 200's behind us. Yes. It's all over. Oh, we don't have to... After three parts. After three parts. <laughs> after three parts. Well, just like any good sex session, buddy, you know, it always comes in threes. It's true. Hopefully. That's that. That's. I mean, that, that's the only way... Stamina. That's the only way I feel satisfied, is, wow. if, I, is if you come in threes. Lucky. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, lucky you! But no, it was it was great fun. I loved I loved hearing you know I loved hearing from, from it was so much from fun. listeners. I loved hearing from friends. I loved hearing you know I loved I loved putting stuff out there that people were enjoying. I've gotten a lot of feedback from some people uh, when we put out our top five movies that made us. I did ask some people to reach out to us specifically mm-hmm. to let us know what were some of the movies that made them. And I did have someone reach out to us to let us know. Tony reached out and said that the movies that made him. Him in his five order are Jurassic Park, which is one of his greatest memories of going to the theaters. Him and his friends used to ride bikes mm-hmm. to see it multiple times throughout the summer. Uh, Casablanca, which is kind of like the first old black and white film that he had access to. Uh, Pulp Fiction, which he discovered, Jay, while he was working at Blockbuster. Nice. He's a fellow Blockbuster oh. cast-off like myself. Sir. What? Are either one of these any good? I don't watch movies. Well, have you heard anything about either one of them? I find it's best to stay out of other people's affairs. So uh, he fell in love with Pulp Fiction then. Uh, Halloween, the John Carpenter 1979 horror film classic and his number one film of all time because, let's face it, it's just fucking perfect back to the future so feel free to continue reaching out to us everybody let us know what your you know movies that made you were because it's fun to sit back and discuss them and stuff like that he also went on to talk about how he has a fondness for for the old vhs and having multiple movies recorded on that six to eight oh, hour vhs and stuff god kids are never gonna sick under- tired of one thing you just right. tape over it people are never yeah. gonna like understand like like that time like like do, do you remember the like science of it all do you remember yeah. like seeing something cool on tv and just being like oh my god that's on like and you quick grab like a vhs a blank one or probably one that like had like your parents sex tape or maybe their wedding video on and you shove that in and you record over it because it's like because it's like you know stone cold's coming out tonight and he's gonna be taking on vince mcmahon i gotta record this they're never gonna show this again and that's the world we lived in jay that's how it was that's the world we lived in the patience the time (laughs) just like actually you know what was even worse making cassettes 
on from the radio, waiting for your song to come on the radio. Yeah, but we're not so a music podcast. I'm just saying we're not a music podcast. <laughs> this is that was the worst. This though. isn't that an all was the worst. This isn't an all nostalgia podcast, well, Jay. All I'm, right, I'm just getting there. Keep it to the movies, Jesus Christ. <laughs> we're on a tight schedule here. <laughs> so lots of news. Lots of news. So uh, before we get in. To the news, Jay. We got to get into what are you watching? What are you watching? What are we watching? He's trying to watch some illegal channel. Oh, he's watching. No, no, no. Go past this. Past this part. In fact, never play this again. All right, bud. What did you get down to watching this week? Well, uh, since this is, you know, a kind of a catch-up episode of some sorts, I'm just going to burn through what I'm currently watching TV-wise. I'm not going to talk about it too much more. But, okay. Um, Still continuing with Curb Your Enthusiasm, Homeland. I um, also am seeing The New Pope, The Sinner, and I finished the whole season of High Fidelity, the the Hulu series that Zoe Kravitz was the star of. So it's kind of it's heavily inspired from the movie starred by you know John Cusack back in the day that. You and I both love that movie, um, or at least I know I did. <laughs> no, I know I do. I do love that movie, and I thought it was a very inspiring, fresh new take on on the movie, uh, which is which is a series now, and it worked out really well. I thought it was really good. Uh, a couple character decisions I thought in the show wasn't a hundred percent buying, but you know, other than that, I really liked it. I thought it was really fun. Um, All right, I mean, I I saw the trailer for. It. I'm just I I just not interested at all. I just like, love the formula. I love the okay. whole setup of that movie in the show i th- i just i just like it. i love the formula right so <laughs> it's just so much fun just just having the need to find out what the fuck is wrong with you so yeah, you got to go back about, and meet about, every yeah, ex relationships and friendships but also music you know it's got a great soundtrack the whole season you know it's just well yeah if you tell a story really about great. a person who works at a record store and you don't have a great it's very soundtrack inspiring you're I, doing I, it wrong. I like to feel like i'm living vicariously through these characters because i know i'm not that person i'm not a music guy because what else you got <laughs> well you can't be a music guy you're dead in one fucking year. I know. You can't be a music guy. That's why I'm a movie guy. It's it's I literally just sulking emote in my uh, basement. If you were like <laughs> in movies and stuff. If you were a music guy and they did like your your VH1 like behind the music, they'd be like, and that's when he was born without you know without hearing in his one ear. He's been tone deaf his entire life, but mm. he he makes he makes incredible music. You know, like that would be like your amazing behind mm-hmm. the scenes. Like fact. Beethoven, right? Like, he was deaf. I don't know. I think he was. Who cares? He probably. Think- was he deaf or did he just have syphilis? Like I feel like when you talk about historical figures and you're like, and he overcame this massive thing, and then you're like, it just turns out he I had think syphilis. I heard that story. Like he cut the legs off his piano so he can feel the vibrations from the fucking floor into his body, and he's playing. I don't know. Like I, I'm not sure if that's true or not, but that's my memory. When you read it, when you read a book about it, let me know. Mm. But you've never read a book, so you can't. <laughs> You can't. <laughs> this is like this is like college, Jay. I need <laughs> I need it to be typed up <laughs> in FMLA yes. format, and then I need you to put your citations at the bottom, so yeah. I know, so I know where that's, you got this fact. That's why I always dropped out of those classes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So is that it? Is that all you got around uh, watching this well, week? Well, I saw a movie, Dave. What movie? Portrait of a Lady on Fire. This was a late entry in 2019. I, I, heard, I kept on hearing rumblings that this thing was fantastic. It's a French film. It's a love story. It's um, you know, it's it's a it's like an 18th century set story, right? So it's not for everybody, you know. But it was one of those things that I kept on seeing on a couple of top tens and stuff like that. But it didn't get released. Yeah, stop! 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 I gotta play the music. <laughs> 
All right, Jay has poured himself a bourbon neat. He's got his suspenders on, and he's got his mustache curled just right. He just put on his square-framed his square-framed glasses, and he has brought me a little indie ditty. So I have never heard of this indie film that Jay has brought with him here to his little indie corner, but I'm going to come up with a fake synopsis. Yes. All right. So I'm going to do my best, and this one may not knock it out of the park like some of my other ones have, but I think I'm getting to something here. Okay. All right, so go with me on this. You are still presumably on the dating apps, the Bumbles. and, nah. uh, and uh, the, You're going to be again. You're going to be again. Oh, that's just the circle of life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to be again. So this story starts, Jay, with, with the end of one of your one-night stands from, from one of these Bumble or mm. Tinder dates that, that you go on. And you exit the story pretty quickly there in the first act. But... You know, the portrait of a lady on fire is the burning <laughs> sensation oh, she begins to feel when she finds out that you, sir, have given her gonorrhea. Which I don't have, everybody. Just <laughs> well, you know. We, we, to all the ladies listening. <laughs> well, I mean, we, we, we really can't be sure, can we? A little bit of penicillin clears it up pretty quick. So, you know, I'm just saying. Oh, you would know, Dave, huh? You may, you may. <laughs> no, I just, I just know that. I, I take, I took basic sex ed okay. in eighth grade. Okay. So yes, I know that. <laughs> I'm just saying, you could have had it at some point. Okay. Had it cleared up pretty okay. quickly. Not before you passed that to this young lady, though. Mm. And then, you know, she, she starts obviously having the early symptoms: frequent urination, burning when you pee, a, you know, gray discharge from her. From from her vagina and she she has to go to the doctor and it's all about the inner turmoil that goes through her her life when she when she has to just realize that like i slept with just a dirty dirty motherfucker <laughs> and i am a dirty person because of so it. she's not all, only has a fire in her crotch a fire in her crotch but she has a fire of anger towards me not no no not just towards and you and wants revenge for not just towards you she okay. has been reinvigorated into into just getting control of her life and mm. and to stop fucking around with little boy toys like jay just a sexy boy Time to get serious about life and stop time fucking get, around. Time to get right with God. Time to get right with God. <laughs> <laughs> she's just not. She just realizes that you're you're just not someone she's yeah. want to fuck with. Uh, and she's all of twenty five years old. And that's what. And, and that's that's your role, Jay. You've been teaching women this this lesson. <laughs> For years now, yeah, there are many adult yeah. women who are married with children now. Oh yeah, right after me, and yeah. you and you yeah. taught them this important lesson: don't fuck around with boy toys like Jay. <laughs> I apologize to, or you're welcome to all the other women. Yes, yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, you're yeah. welcome. Yeah, teaching you those lifelong lessons. Not only did he, did he give you triple O's, but he also <laughs> he also gave you. A double case of the ooze, ooze. coming from and the fire <laughs> coming from your crotch. <laughs> uh, uh, so once again, right off the bat, you know, coming right off of episode two hundred, I want to apologize to Dave's dad for another indie corner. <laughs> he did. Promise he did, you, this will not happen too too often. He did make you a solemn, yes. <laughs> a, solemn a, a request, like, and please, you, please. and I believe you made him a solemn vow. Know, this isn't going to be too frequent, but you have no control over it. You bring I, these I really indie movies up. I don't, and I knew this is a worthy candidate. And I hit the button, and I play the music, and then we get into it. And so. not only that, it is a masterpiece, everybody, because this one is set in 18th century France, and it follows this young painter 
and she is commissioned to do like a like a wedding portrait of this 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 girl who does not want to be married into a different family and she's very unhappy about it she's kind of you know being miserable refusing to do any kind of thing but it's just this day and age it's this kind of it's just the way things go especially with women uh back then it's and just the way it is it is it is so it's never gonna be the same this is a hauntingly the way it is patient and quiet movie oh yeah however it does have the most beautifully shot love stories slow take it take your time love stories you will ever see put to screen and it is so smartly written that it actually won the Cannes film festival's best screenplay award and it has such a phenomenal like i think a two or three different parts endings that hit you like boom so boom, wait it's boom, like boom, it's like lord of the rings it has, it has three immense, different endings no not really <laughs> not really but it's just kind of like a scene after a scene after a scene that kind of gives you a big wrap up of the whole arc of the film and the story and so it's, it's just, just kind of emotional gut punch it kind of just goes like pow 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 you know what i'm saying not so much but sort of yeah <laughs> like like all, all like you did all to all the women like all you do the- all the women <laughs> pow right in the kisser pow right in the kisser all within pow right in the kisser <laughs> but this this movie is is such a masterpiece. It's an A plus film for me. I mean, it's one of those films that does not come around very often. Yeah, uh-huh. and it's so well done and executed. Yeah, uh-huh. it's not for everybody at the same time because it is. It's a French film. It's subtitled. It's it's slow. It's 18th century. It's, it's a lesbian romance movie. It's not not for, for me, everybody. Not for my dad. However, most people. I just have to say, and I had to give this. You know, it's fair shot and 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 review because it shot. is pal right to kiss her. So damn good. <laughs> All right. So, enough. Portrait of a Lady on Fire, masterpiece. Definitely watch it if you're into this kind of All thing. All right. <laughs> All right. Or if you go if you go with my If in, you're into Jay's indie corners. If you if you, you go will, with my You indie, will absolutely love it. If you go with my indie movie, it's it's a master stroke. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Ouch. Let's get into like uh, of some of the stuff that I've been watching, Jay, completely in a way way off mm. totally different vein so uh i'm gonna do this review right here because we're, we're gonna be talking invisible man at the end of this episode we're gonna do a review for that but you didn't see this movie i went to the theaters and saw this movie so i'm gonna bring it up now i saw our good friend harrison ford in call of the wild So Call of the Wild is the story of a young dog named Buck who travels from, I believe it's San Francisco to the Yukon in Alaska, and it follows his travels as he goes through different jobs that dogs would do up in the great untamed wilderness of Alaska. Mm -hmm. He comes across good people, bad people, but ultimately the only person who treats him with, with any type of respect is John Thornton, who is played by none other than Harrison Ford. And Harrison Ford does a fantastic job of mumbling his way through some wonderful emotional moments where he's just like, hey, I want to thank you. You're such a good dog. 
I'm not a prospector. Um, but it is it is a wonderful story. It is based on the Jack London mm-hmm. novel, which I, I read probably when I was in like eighth grade or something like that. But uh, I, I do remember it. It was very different. There was a lot more, you know, white man on Native American fighting going on in that oh. in those stories. Not in this one. <laughs> no, it's white man is the bad guy here, and that's fine. Uh, it's 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 time sure. it's time for them to play the villain in yeah. history because they always have. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> Except for the one, the good one, Harrison Ford. Uh, but you know, it, it, while I enjoy the story, it is like a PG Has movie. Has Harrison Ford ever played a, a villain? Yeah, uh, something. Nothing's coming to my mind right now. I don't know why. Uh, what lies beneath? Oh, yeah, he's a bad guy in that. Married to Michelle Pfeiffer. There's not many. I'll tell you. Well, I mean, yeah. well, he's a hero. That's his shtick. Just look at that dude. Look it's at like that. Will Smith. He's can Will Smith ever ever be a villain? Really? No. Yeah, sure. Why not? It's like Deadshot. Dead, you're right. An anti-hero. Yeah, sure. That's I mean, as far as he can ever get. Harrison Ford could play a good asshole. Uh, Morning Glory. Oh, wasn't true. he Wasn't he a jerk in Morning Glory? Wasn't oh, he a bad guy in that? Not really a bad guy. He's just an old fart. Right. Well, I mean, let's let's get out of the juvenile aspect of, of saying, oh, he's a bad guy. He's a face. He's a heel. Oh, like, you know, it's just... <laughs> He's, he's he's just a character, okay? He's a character. Okay. But <laughs> moving on. Stay on target. Stay on target. Anyway, it, it, it is a nice story, but what really what what really takes it out of you is just the CGI work in this. Every dog in this movie is CGI. The entire background is CGI. The entire environment. The environment of the beautiful untamed wilderness of Alaska is computer generated. They filmed this This is fucked up. They filmed this movie in Santa Clarita. Oh, this is the biggest fucking cop-out cash grab movie. It is. And and that's my biggest problem with it. The dog looks terrible. Uh, it, uh. It, it it just completely fucks with your uncanny valley the entire time. You know, your 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 brain knows what a fucking St. Bernard mixed dog should look like. And then you see this and it it's real good. It's real good, but it's slightly off. And I, I was watching this. I was like, why wouldn't they do this in like the same vein that they did, like say Beowulf, which wasn't a great movie or anything, mm. but where it's it's stylistic, it's mocapped and stylized, but still all computer generated. Sure. But you still have the actors doing their performances and the fecal facial rec, yeah. the fecal recognition, <laughs> the facial recognition of what they're doing and saying. More and interesting stuff like that. to look at, right? Right, because everything would have blended and would have matched. But when you have a, this is practically Roger Rabbit on screen, but with Without any of the flair, fanfare, or fun that's added into it, because everything is animated except for the actors in it. The dog is animated. You know, the the backgrounds are animated. Every animal is completely animated. It's it's just not. It it doesn't match with what your mind's expectation of how things should look are, and that takes a lot away from this movie. A lot. I mean, not to mention that you, your entire emotional. You, hinge of this movie like what you're hinging on is the emotional breakthrough of a dog which is fine because i love dogs and stuff like that and and i buy that but i i felt like saving the relationship between between duke the dog and john thornton for like the very end i don't think it, it, it really punched it up enough i don't think i felt that emotion enough if anything the movie did a lot to set a distance between them only for to try to bring them together at the very end for for an emotional payoff which it really it really doesn't have enough of now maybe for a kid it might and i think for a kid's movie this this is pretty serviceable, you know. I could probably put this on and get about. And your daughter would enjoy it for at least a half hour. There might be moments <laughs> that that, okay. that she'll find enjoyable, but 
it tries to like straddle this line, you know, where like I I don't think that this is even as good as and these movies aren't good either. But I don't think this is as good as like A Dog's Purpose, A Dog's Way Home, and stuff like that. Because those movies at least hit me with some emotional moments where I was just like I feel it because I I understand that emotion. I can resonate with that emotion here because it's not through the through it's not through the viewpoint of a human, sort of viewpoint of this dog. Where it's just like it, it doesn't work. It doesn't work because I, I I just don't I. Maybe I just don't understand. Maybe, or let's not put it on me. Let's put it on the movie for not presenting it in a way that made me feel that way about it. You know what I mean? It's it. It's not great. Harrison Ford, he's fantastic in it because he's Harrison fucking Ford. Everything else, though, forget about it. There's really no reason, really no reason to watch this. What the, the interesting thing that I told you about it is that this was the first movie I saw in the theaters that is not a 20th century Fox movie. Mm. It's a 20th century Studios movie so that name change that we talked about in news not too long ago i still ago, haven't seen that yet it was yeah. there it was on the screen so uh this uh, presumably will be coming to your disney plus probably because it's pg so you'll get it in short order don't rush out to see it if i gave it anything it's going to be a c minus okay it's just not worth your time other than that jay netflix baby we had a Netflix TV series that came out this week. A lot of people have been like texting me and they go, did you know that this was based on a comic book? And I was like, yeah. Did you read it? No. Just because something's based on a comic book doesn't mean that Super Movie Brother Dave has read said comic book. But True. But we, you and I both watched this whole season. Yeah. and I watched the entire season yeah. of I Am Not Okay With This. Right. Um, and I'll let, I'll, I'll let you take it for a little while because I've been talking for a few minutes. But like, what did you enjoy them? Th- did you enjoy this TV series? The first thing I would say is that the setup is very familiar. It is, but and it's, which I it's but it's a because previous shows have done it really well, right? And this one is following its lead and punching it up into a more of a taut story because it's only between seventeen and twenty five minute long episodes. Yeah, They're very short, very sweet. And one of the it things that still drew has me- some charms to it, but it's dark. It is, you know, it has still has well, dark elements. It was um, filmed in Browns in Brownsville, Pennsylvania, just outside of Pittsburgh. It mm-hmm. takes place in a basically a dead Pennsylvania coal town. So right. you imagine those places would be depressing. A very yes, a very boring, banal town. But what really draws you in early on is Sophia Lois, Wyatt Olaf, and Sophia Bryant, who play the kind of like the three main characters of Sidney Stanley and Dinah. I well, it's a, I it's like a, all of them. I do. I like all the actors, and I think they do a fine job i just think it's very you know it's a it's a very formulaic setup with the friendships and the that's you know, my the problem boyfriend and like the the bad girl and like that's my problem very this. kind of cliche and they get a little breakfast club scene on one episode and in, in some ways but like that to we've me seen this before was kind it's, of the weakest thing however that's my problem with this whole the, show the, is we've seen this all before how, but the two um the one boy and her the the are we a boyfriend girlfriend situation or not kind of thing i liked their relationship because it was extremely different and surprising because it wasn't cliche you're talking about stan and sydney yes yeah because I think so. it goes back and forth she's still figuring herself out as a woman uh he's figuring her which may or may not be a woman who likes men i, I think well, we well true that. exactly along with these quote-unquote superhero type abilities and hey, but how do you know how you, how do you know you don't like the dick, Jay? <laughs> you take the dick just once, and then she you realize did, you don't and like she it. did. And well, so I'm saying you may say you're not you, you may say you're not gay, Jay, but until you've taken the dick, you'll never know. I've never done it either. So perhaps play a little game called just a tip, just for a second. 
just to see how it feels. I don't even like looking <laughs> at an asshole or <laughs> or or having a finger even remotely near that area. So I, I think I'm good. I don't think I'm uh, you you and Paul. I'm, I'm not a bottom. You and that's pa- for sure. You and Paul are in that boat together, sir. <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, this no, I I I like the show. Overall, I think I, I like I enjoyed my overall experience. My my big issue yeah. was it's it's a little formulaic. We've seen this all before, but there's inspiring things mixed in with it. I think I I figured I this it. show out this the first the first moment we saw this, and I remembered seeing the trailer, and I was like, okay, she has superpowers. She's covered in blood, running down the street in the first mm. five minutes. I know where this is ending. And I told my wife, and she's just like, all right, well, we'll see. And then it ended. And she goes, yep, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you I, asshole. Yeah, no, I, I don't get that. I think she, I think she she kind of figured it out too. I mean, she yeah. it's 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 very very formulaic in that way. And even its ending is it's it's one of those like so ambiguous that it's like it's you, very it's they, a, they didn't they didn't land it the way I right. think they really it's wanted to. It's a full to. on cliffhanger, and even even that cliffhanger at the end. I looked at my wife and I went, the mysterious figure that shows up in the last moments of the episode is this, and my wife goes, oh yeah. When season two starts, we'll know exactly who it is, Definitely. and it'll be that person. Definitely. Uh, so it it's it's that level of formula. That last episode just set up everything. Its comedy is is fantastic, I think, and its characters are unique. I do think that Sydney and her problems are being presented to us in a way that is pretty unique. I think mm-hmm. Stanley is a is a very unique type character. Yeah, but they are archetypes at that. Stanley is Ducky, right? Like he sure. is he he is Ducky from Pretty in Pink. Sure, so, just a modern. Right. take on it so 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 this this show really is like a, a modern take on on somewhat of like a psychological thrower like carrie but it also yeah. mixes in some john hughes in it there does. and gives you this this good job dave right but while all making yeah. it familiar yeah and yeah. and that's the problem with the, with similar hit shows on netflix already but so i enjoyed it enough that a, maybe a second season is warranting a watch i think it is yeah for the very least that it's like seven or eight episodes and they're short as hell exactly. so i binged the whole season one night so did i i mean it's not hard to do that at all so for that reason alone it's worth watching <laughs> sure and sure. it's not a bad watch and uh, this is from the creator of the end of the fucking world so yeah that it, makes a lot of sense it does I, I, yeah. it does have it does which i actually watched season two this, it has this a very week too. dark I didn't humor to, type sense right i didn't want to talk about it because you already talked about it a couple weeks ago the end of the fucking world season two but right. i i watched i watched that this season that and as well but maybe which is not formulaic at all like the end of the fucking world oh, it's is completely surprising so, so opposite of formula sure. that like it, it it almost borderlines not having a formula almost makes it kind of unwatchable at times no you're right no that's why <laughs> so it's, it's crazy it's, it's the same it's weird same person but it's weird. It, you know in the end i just looked at this and i was just like i didn't hate my time with it. It, it, it i'll give it a second watch but i'm not totally in love with it either it's just it's just whatever and all it cost me to watch it all seven episodes yeah was one night was four and a half hours that's it four and a half hours so you can watch this or you can watch the irishman <laughs> on netflix <laughs> in about the same amount of time <laughs> but it's a good pitch right a little johnny use a little bit of carry you know a little yeah, bit of a thriller a little bit of modern day age Netflix. Give it a shot. Stuff, at, at the know? very least, you'll you'll fall in love with with some of the characters. At yeah. the very least, yeah. so uh, that's going to do it for what we were watching this week. Jay, let's head over and let's get into some news. Let's. 
Let's get into some news stories this week, Jay. You and I are kind of behind on the news since we kind of take a week off from movie news to do episode 200. Mm -hmm. So we have a little bit of catching up to do here. So some of these we're going to run through very quickly. Yes. First news story. Disney has announced a new branch of Star Wars publication media that will be known as Star Wars The High Republic. What this is, is storylines that will take place in an era that is set 200 years before The Phantom Menace. Uh, it'll take place in comic books, it'll take place in novelizations, but obviously this is Star Wars and Disney's attempt to get people comfortable with stories that don't involve someone's with the names of Skyswalkers and Palpatines. Mm. Yeah. Okay. And that's, I think that's really what it is, but I, I also have... I also think they have moved movies in development probably for this era as well and they but they they, they want to make some people uh, like especially the cat the, the star wars fans that are reading this publication they want them to be familiar with it because when that stuff comes out they're they thinking then, long game they be yeah. they then become the ambassadors of exactly this in the future for, for the people who are the casual fans who are just like what's this like what's going on and then those people get to come in and get to go like no 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 it's actually pretty cool there's like some cool storylines in yeah. here blah 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 they're so the teachers exactly exactly which is we, we've talked about this before where like marvel like mcu and stuff like that they, they use they use kind of like these early releases and these teases and stuff uh, to, to use like their big comic book fans and the people who are uber geeks and stuff to Help become like their brand the right, their yeah. brand ambassadors us yes. us yes. me someone like me <laughs> you so, yeah so with something like the High Republic, I don't really know what to expect because as I've talked about before on the show, I, I have been reading more and I am starting with reading some Star Wars stuff. As Jay sits here, there's an entire pile of books next to him that are all Star Wars, but those are all old EU, like old expanded universe that it's gone. I loved all those that I read now. Yeah, they're all a good size. But I started reading some of the newer stuff, some of the newer comic books and stuff, not loving all of it. Some mm -hmm. of it I find to be extremely watered down versions of what I had gotten before. None of those, none of these stories have any great impact on our characters whatsoever. Wow. And they're, they're, it doesn't do a whole lot story wise to make me invested in it because I'm reading it and I'm, it, and it just seems like it's stupid little kitschy stuff where it's just like, Oh, so that's why Luke does this. I get it. You know, it's like, so that's how they got to the Hoth system. That was my burning question. When empire strikes back started was how did they find Hoth? Oh, that's how I had to have an entire comic book story. Tell me that mm. it doesn't matter. None of it matters. At least with the old EU stuff, it, some of the stuff mattered. Some of the stuff was interesting. I'm finding nothing interesting in this. So hearing that they're doing the High Republic, this can go one of two ways. It's completely devoid of anything that I know anything about. So everything could technically be impactful. Or it may wind up just being an absolute wet fart. But the only thing I am sure of from looking at a lot of the concept art is get ready for a lot of lightsabers with cross guards, just like Kylo uh -oh. Ren. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not surprised. <laughs> Next news story. RJ, speaking of a little bit of bullshit in the Star Wars realm, or at least their publications doing uh, a whole lot to do practically nothing, uh, the novelization of The Rise of Skywalker has hit, and it turns out that Emperor Palpatine was a clone. Jay, he was a clone. It was not the real Emperor Palpatine. He was a clone. Did you know that? No. no you wouldn't unless you read this fucking book. 
That's stupid. It's so stupid. And then there was that there was that thing where like they were so they were trying to do like damage control for Rise of Skywalker in some ways. Where they're like, hey, did you know that Exegol was a secret Sith planet where the Sith took over and enslaved the entire you know the, the entire population of the planet and turned them into Sith soldiers and engineers to build the the final order uh, de- you know fleet of star destroyers? Do they have to explain everything? Right. But the best part of that is like so. But no, they didn't explain that in a book. They didn't explain that in 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 the art of Rise. As a Skywalker, they didn't explain that in anything they published. They explained that in a tweet, Jay. And the person who responded was none other than Elijah Wood, who said, <laughs> and it was like, Did you know all that? And Elijah Wood goes, No. How could we? <laughs> because how could we? Like well I'm, said. I'm so tired of of this, these, these like excuses for why this the movie sucked. Because you crammed 10 pounds of plot into a five-pound fucking bag. That's why it sucked. Stop trying to fix it with your publications. Run away. Go to your high republic and tell new stories and leave this one far behind. Because the more and more we start picking wounds, Jay, the bigger scars they're going to leave. Mm-hmm. And they'll never heal. By the way, that's never going to heal if you don't stop picking. Next news story. All right, Jay, you may have seen this deep fake video, right, of... Robert Downey Jr. and Tom, Tom Holland. Holland, right? Back to the future. Back to man. the future. It came right at the perfect time, right after we had just released I know. our Back to the Future movie cocktail for episode 199. Uh, it, it was but probably I, why our numbers did so well. Yeah, our numbers <laughs> did do pretty well for that episode. And they did really well for episode 200. Granted, that was spread out over three episodes. So, but who cares? The point is, it got a lot of people talking. And apparently, that did not fall on deaf ears for Universal because Tom Holland is now reporting that there's been some conversations yeah some people within the industry have reached out to tom holland to discuss a possible reboot or remake starring him i'm not surprised at all and we already talked about this on 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 movie cocktail don't do it just just don't and at the same time i feel like okay you know it's going to happen one day anyway when we don't know but if the studio feels like they found the right cast, nope. would they pull the trigger? That's what I'm thinking about. Fuck the cast. As soon as I heard Fuck this, the cast. Who, that's what I was thinking. Like, find so the right they, filmmaker well, to step into those shoes. Well, they found the right fucking Michael J. Fox, and that's Tom Holland. I, okay, I'll go with that. I'll go with that's that. Where I, that's where I'm getting at. Like, I but feel Robert like, Downey Jr., do, do you think that's the right Doc Brown? It, it could be. No. Fuck that! No, I'm not with this. No, I'm not with this. You're not. You're not going to leave me a trail of breadcrumbs that's going to make me wind up agreeing with you. Um, it's not going to happen. Just, just don't fucking it's do it. Not the worst in fact, idea. In fact, speaking of things that we shouldn't do, next news story. <laughs> me and you were discussing how maybe Indiana Jones Five just shouldn't happen. Ugh. Maybe it just shouldn't be. Maybe we should just let it go. Just we should let on. it burn. You know, uh, well, there was that interview. With Harrison Ford, who said that he read, we talked about this about three weeks ago. He read the script. He really enjoyed it. It got rewritten. Oh, I'm sorry, oh. I did this with Lauren. So it and then it was written by Jonathan Kasdan, right? Who who rewrote it and stuff, and he really enjoyed it. He's very much looking forward to it. Kathleen Kennedy has now signed off on that script. They've gone into pre-production, and their big superstar director, the guy who has directed every Indiana Jones film prior to this, mm-hmm. is now stepping down. Done. Gone. Steven, Steven, Spiel- Spielberg. Steven Spielberg has <laughs> stepped down. There was no real explanation for it. I'm sure there's some people who go into like deep into into Hollywood, you know, gossip and stuff like that as to why. Some people are saying that it has to do with his daughter, who just recently announced that I, she will be doing porn. Yeah, 
you know, solo porn, softcore porn. I, th- I think there's a mixture of things. I do think there was a mixture of things of what happened with this. I think it also um, has to do with the fact that he's looking at himself going, why, why this? Why now? Why me? I've been here before. We did it. It didn't work. I don't need to do this now. I think it's a mixture of that his age and you're right i think it i think there is a little bit of a damage control i think he needs i think right. he wants to strain his fucking life out and his family i maybe maybe he does have a couple of things that he needs to work on right behind the scenes away from being away for six months working well just to shoot the fucking movie but six more months just to impose production yeah. probably just to do this movie but also so, like I, I you know i think i think i think he probably is taking a life step back perhaps i'm great with this i'm fine with him walking away i just wish they would also just go whole ham and say ah harrison ford's not coming back either i or harrison ford wants the paycheck there's but there's a lot of people who are wondering whether harrison ford is going to bookend this story a lot of people. I, well, I think he wants to. A lot of people are thinking that he is going to be at least in it, with his character. But they're actually going to be developing a new character for you to follow from here on out. That won't say Indiana Jones, though. It'll be renamed right. something else. But it can't be Shia LaBeouf because people will revolt. People will well, not go see the movie if it's. Not. And it's not because of Shia. It's because of the character that was. It's because for him. they. Yeah. Right. Right. It's not because Shia LaBeouf did a bad performance. It was that he. We was, all know he's a great actor. Is that he was directed poorly in that movie? And he did what he could do. Right, and he did what he could do with yeah. an absolute dog shit script. Yeah. And then you know it, it. It just wound up being they never developed that character. They just instead of instead of being Indiana Jones with a whip, he was he was the son of Indiana Jones with a sword instead of a whip. He but was afraid of scorpions instead of snakes. But and Dave, they never gave him any type of development. It's a past huge that. shame because it would have been a perfect transition. It, it could have been. It could have been a perfect transition. That kid was poised to be and a real fact, star until exactly. until until the, all that pressure mounted on him and he fucking cracked and yeah. and went well, nuts for understandable a while. And he's only just now putting himself back together from it. Yeah, and it's understandable because you know he grew up in the Hollywood biz with a troubled Absolutely. background and <laughs> being the honey it's, boy. It's gonna happen being at the, some point. He grew up being the honey boy. Honey boy. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen that movie yet? No, I, I won't watch it. No, no. No, because because my synopsis for what a honey boy is is far better <laughs> than whatever that movie is. <laughs> a honey boy is it's on Amazon Prime Day. A honey boy is a young right. is is a young male gay man who is meant to trap gay bears. <laughs> <laughs> it just fits so perfectly with I the vernacular. I love it. I know. I love it. Uh, so, Jay, let's. We're, we're spending a little bit too long on this. Sorry. Uh, we're, I'm kind of happy that Spielberg's not coming back. I'm happy too. The last movie Spielberg James did. James Mangold has taken over right. the reins. And I think he's a you great know, choice. I liked Ready Player One, but everything that I like about Ready Player One, and I know that that's that, that not everyone loves Ready Player One. That's fine. Everything I loved about Ready Player One had nothing to do with Steven Spielberg. <laughs> It was all the little geek stuff that's hidden in the background, which was done by the animators, not so much him. I that's fair to say. Yeah, it's fair to say. He, I mean, he has his pet project coming out later right. on for awards season, uh, West Side Story. Right. So that's completed. That's, that's in post production right now. So now you're you so are good. you are happy about the James Mangold thing because I'm not. I am. I don't think that James Mangold doing an Indiana Jones movie. I don't think it lends to the to, to the level of comedy or lightheartedness that can come with an Indiana Jones movie like Logan had its moments of levity did you see Ford versus Ferrari I did it's true I think he had a good balance of light and dark you are right there but I think he had a good balance we'll see I I think it all comes down to the the script too right I mean like we already know well that's See, okay. Comedy is mostly and the in that thing. and how it's delivered by the actor. Right. So, right. So which we know Harrison Ford can do. That's that's the interesting thing because this is obviously not a James Mangold film. He did not right. sign off on the script. Right. Steven Spielberg did. 
It's true. And everybody else did. Mm, so he's tough. essentially a shooter. Just get ready for he's every a shooter. But you know, but is he? Because you have James Mangold wow. on now, so he he kind of comes with a little bit of clout. They can't waste any more time, Dave. I know they have a twenty twenty one release. Harrison is knocking on death's door. <laughs> he's, Jesus, he's like seventy nine or eighty years it's old. Fucking ridiculous. All right, let's get out of this. Let's. And they need to next, start casting. <laughs> next news story. All right, man. So we'll just do this one real quick. Did you know that Jurassic World three has a title and it's Jurassic World Domination? I hate it. I don't like it because it immediately. I hate I, it. Here's where my brain goes. It immediately <laughs> makes me think of a T Rex. Oh my god! Dressed as a dominatrix. Oh my god! With a whip. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> welcome to Jurassic World. You're about to get dominated. <laughs> <laughs> just put that image in your head of 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 Rexy the T Rex. Just she she's in fishnet stockings. Mm. She's got the stirrups on. Yeah, I think she, I met her yeah, last she, week in, in New Hope, Pennsylvania. She's got the corset on. <laughs> But she has like these tiny arms, so she can't quite reach you to spank you with her whip. <laughs> I don't like this title at all. Domination. Like it. It's, it's an- not a good title. It's just not. And for fucking Jurassic Park, there's a million other phrases or words or whatever the fuck you want to use for, for this world that you can use that'd be effective. I mean, how about just... This doesn't even roll off the tongue well. Jurassic World 3. Shit just got real. <laughs> Jurassic Park, Jurassic World 3, Lion versus T-Rex. I'm in. But it's day one. If it's just like, watch this pride of lions fight a T-Rex, yeah. I'd be like, I'm in. Yeah. I don't know what you, you could have called it, but domination certainly isn't it. Fallen no. Kingdom, at least that title gives me something that like makes me like think An about idea, the film a little scope. bit. Right. Like, like, yeah. Domination just sounds like you know, it, it, it's it sounds like the sequel it's to so a, one note. It sounds like the sequel to like the volcano movie. Uh, you know, volcano with Tommy Lee Jones. Like when they did a direct to DVD sequel, it would be volcano domination. You know, it just right. sounds it sounds so cheap. Right, right. It sounds cheap. Yeah, and I don't like it. It is what it is. Next news story. All right, Jay, this one's real quick. Bob Iger stepped down as CEO. Bob Chapik is stepping in as CEO of the Disney Corporation. Uh, a lot of people are talking about, like, oh, well, why did Bob step down? Is there trouble in the future and stuff like that? No, you know, here's why Bob stepped Not down. Not at all. Bob set the world on fire with what he did by purchasing Lucasfilm and then subsequently purchasing Marvel, making all those movies and stuff like that, starting a streaming app and everything like that. All of the ideas he had when he came in to CEO have been fulfilled. He's probably one of the most legendary successful right. CEOs. The of smart all time. thing to do is once you've done everything that you set out to do is walk away. Cause the only thing that you could do from that point on is either watch these things fail <laughs> or try something else. <laughs> That, that will wind up yeah. failing. Yeah. You've already built yourself up. Now, a lot of people are also just like, you know, uh, well, he's, he's stepping down. It's so sudden. It's not. This has been in a plan for a year or more. And he is going to be the chairman on the board still of Disney. Correct. So he's certainly going to be in the House of Mouse for quite right. some time. Now, Bob Chappick. Not so much on the movie side, though. He is a Disney Parks guy. He's been running the Disney Parks division for for the past couple of years. So pretty much Bob Iger came in. He's setting their movie realm on autopilot. And Bob Chappick's coming in to do some different things with the parks and 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 show and do that expansion. And, but also they've done as much as they can in the movie while, realm. Yeah, I think 
he's he's going to help s- ease him into the transition. Right. As much He'll as spend possible. some time with Bob Iger for sure, sure. Uh, and and Bob Iger will always be there as a chairman of the board, exactly to to hold his hand should it be needed. Consciously, we'll we'll see. But this is but this is what happened with Michael Eisner. Michael Eisner came in, kind of set it on fire a little bit, was doing some crazy cool things with Disney parks and expanding the company, and then he stuck around a little bit too long and became the villain of his own story. So. Bob Iger's just doing the smart thing. He got the championship belt and he's walking away with it and saying, I retire. I'm done. Fair enough. Kudos. Don't we all wish that legends would do that sometimes? Great job. I'm not saying he's a legend. I think he's just a very smart businessman. No, I saw the way an industry was going. Jumped on board with it. He got to the streaming game a little bit late, but everything else he was on top of. So, well, that's true. Next news story. RJ, you sent me this one. Alfred Molina is joining DC's universe in Harley Quinn as Mr. Freeze. Now, a Harley Quinn movie, I guess, is the film that's supposed to be coming out after James Gunn's Suicide Squad, which just wrapped up its principal photography uh, this past week. Mm-hmm. But uh, Alfred Molina is apparently... Uh, is, is this a rumor? You found this, so I'm not sure. I think it's a rumor. A rumor, okay. That- I think it's a strong rumor, though, okay. but I think it's a fitting rumor because I think he is a great cast for this. He is obviously iconic in... Very much um, so. In, in in the superhero zeitgeist, because sure. Spider Man Two is still to some people the best fucking movie ever, uh, and the best superhero movie ever. Sometimes it's true. I I, I mean I, it's it's in the top five, one hundred percent. Seeing him in another pair of circular goggles, just right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And he has he's a he's a theater actor. You know he's he is. He, he's, he's you know he's classically so trained, he lends, so he knows how to but, use. But also, as a theater what, actor, you you lend to being a little bit over the top, a little exaggerated. Because when you're acting, you're not acting for the people in, in theater. You're not acting for the people in the front row. You're acting for the people in the nosebleeds. Right. They need to be able to see what you're doing. Right. And that's and that makes for that makes for a great villain. Right. It just makes for a great exactly. villain. Exactly. So, right. I, I look to, forward to knows it. how to elevate the character um, to be a little bit bigger and grander like a villain needs to be sometimes, oh, especially sure. in that kind of realm. So the only dream that I have for this is that he comes in and he says, Hello, Harley Quinn. What killed the dinosaurs? There is a... Stay cool. <laughs> <laughs> Next news story. All right, Jay, we got two more. Let's burn through them real quick. Uh, the Uncharted movie now has a director. So the Uncharted movie, which will have Mark Wahlberg in it, who has apparently only signed on for one film. His contract is for one film. Oh, wow. They this, announced that. And this was a trilogy of games, though. So, no, no. It's just found out that he has just one contract for one film, which means- He's if, getting killed off. If the, that, or if this is successful, guess who's doubling down on more money on him? I, no. He's not the star, though. Uh, the star is Tom Holland, who is playing a Nathan Drake. But the director, Jay, you ready for this? Venom director, Ruben Fleischer. Oh, my God. Your most hated man. The man who destroyed uh, the man who destroyed Gangster Squad for you. Like a turd in the wind. Do you feel me? I can't stand this guy. Yeah. That that left you with just a sting in your asshole. When oh, you he saw, did. When you saw, he did. When you saw Monster, uh, he killed Gangster me. Squad. He destroyed me. <laughs> So that is, movie was supposed to be my fucking movie of the year. <laughs> there's the thing. Ruben Fletcher, um, grain of salt. I, I still think he, he has the potential to make a decent movie out of this. Uh, I, don't know. I don't look forward to it, though, because from the fare that we've gotten from him since, it's just not. It's generic at best. Yeah, exactly. I mean. 
or even just decent at best. We all hope that he has another zombie land in him somewhere, but I, I mean, I'm not seeing it. Everything since zombie land, not so great, but yeah, we'll, we'll see how uncharted turns out. I do kind of like that though. Cause like knowing that like he did zombie land, that's got such great humor in the original zombie land. The game allows itself for this very Indiana Jones esque type character to have some levity and some, some fun moments you hope for the best, but really if this is just shaping up to not be a great video game movie at all. Next news story. All right, Jay, it's the final news story, buddy. This is a sad one for me and you, because mm. I would like to say that this is someone who, I- I- even if we didn't look up to him, at least we spent a fair amount of time watching him, his wonderful interviews, and the show that he brought us inside the actor's studio. Uh, James Lipton has died at the age of 93. So it's sad. It's a long life, though. It's a pretty historic life. And it it's is. a wonderful legacy that he leaves behind, because I'll never forget you know his questions and stuff like that and you know asking an actor your favorite curse word favorite i just fucking love it love it uh, there were so many great questions and fantastic interview they spent a good hour sometimes longer of really just uncut just unpacking it unpacking Unpacking a career the whole career your method um getting the actors to actually be comfortable but also genuine i know was really hard to do because it was ne- you never I think it was, you I never think it was, saw it on screen before. I think it was all in his voice. It was just all in his voice because like he asked the question in this very in this very soothing voice that was very that it was just it very was a, it was inquis- a prestigious thing right. for it was very in- it was very inquisitical. It was very like you know, he honestly wanted to know and the people who were there in the audience the the the, the actor stu- the acting students there in the audience they all wanted to know and then he he just he just shut up which is something I'm not capable of doing but he just shut up. And he let them talk. Mm-hmm. And he just gave them the floor, which is what every actor wants. They just want the floor. And he let them go for as long as they needed to go. Right. And right. that's how he got it out of them, man. It's it's, and, it's crazy. And Sad you know, to see him go, but... Um, and yeah. if you guys are um, one of our younger, I guess you can say, listeners, please go YouTube. Uh, yeah, a lot Jake. of post videos. Any, Pretty much, he's... Any of your favorite actors, there's a good chance. I don't think there's a lot of young people listening to us after after hearing wow. like our, our responses to episode two. You 200. don't know. Doesn't not everybody has to respond <laughs> on social media? I don't think we got. I don't it. respond on social media to all my other podcasts I listen to. No, I just enjoy their show and that's it. Boom, I listen to it. Um, but anyway, go on YouTube, find you know all post interviews and stuff like that. Like I actually taped a few. Like I know I did a couple ones with like. I don't know. Like Denzel, Washington, Carrey, Denzel like, Washington was always my favorite one. Denzel Washington was a good one. Yeah, that great, was a really good one. Um, just like all kinds of random ones. They, you know, it's a lot of good stuff. And, um, you know, check it out. Sad to see him Sad go. Sad to see him go. But, yeah. He was a legend. Absolute legend. So we will pour him a drink, Jay. And Indeed. I almost feel bad getting into this segue, but we got bills to pay, buddy. Let's get into our ad for this week. This episode of Super Movie Brothers is brought to you by the miracle hangover cure known as Blowfish. Blowfish, two tablets. You drop it into 8 to 12 ounces of water, drink it down, your hangover starts to feel better immediately. It's the only FDA-approved hangover cure. Mm -hmm. So when you spent an entire night in a stress-induced binge-drinking coma and you wake up the next day and your head feels like 10 pounds of shit, stuffed into a five pound bag, then you're gonna wanna reach yourself some blowfish. 
So head over to fourhangovers.com, use the promo code SMBFISH, get your 15% off the Miracle Hangover Cure, and end the scourge of hangovers for good. Jay, we're here to talk about the latest Bloomhouse film. This is the Bloomhouse film where they partnered with Universal Studios. We didn't bother talking about Fantasy Island, that, mm. which came out the week before. Another Bloomhouse production uh, because I don't think any of us had any interest in that. The thing that made me realize that Fantasy Island had no chance of me actually liking it was the fact that the first time I saw a trailer for it was a week and a half before its release. And, <laughs> and the entire time during the trailer, real big at the top of the screen, it told me the day that it was coming out. And I went, oh, okay, yeah, definitely not something I... I I care about. Turned out that that was a dog shit movie, and my first impressions of it were correct. So <laughs> I will one day see it. I will because I, I I kind of like the premise in some way. However, I, I the thing that I think that I would like from the trailer about Fantasy Island, I've heard from other people are like, no, nah, they completely dropped the ball on that. And it's like, all right, well, mm. this is clearly like a drunk Dave on a Saturday night has nothing else to watch type movie. Oh, bye. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) But we're here to talk about The Invisible Man, written and directed by Lee Wanell, Jay. And uh, the last film that he both wrote and directed that had me extremely excited was last year's Upgrade Mm -hmm. with Logan Marshall Green, which I absolutely fucking loved. And with the repeat um, favorable success, I guess you can say, of these two films. Right. He actually just won a first look deal with Universal. Absolutely. So, so potentially jump starting up other, I guess you could say, dark universe kind of ideas or projects that I think they that's were exact- originally trying to jump off. I think that's exactly where this is going, buddy. This guy is going to be the the uh, the new guy. This is your guy. But kind of. You know, we shepherd this all into screen. We did a trailer. We did a Super Bowl trailer park breakdown yes. for this, which we didn't talk about it a whole lot. And I'll be honest, through the trailers and my first impressions of what they gave me in marketing, you didn't series, like. I don't care. I didn't care for it. I know. I didn't care for it. I even said, like, in the marketing material, there's that moment where, like, she's she's hiding above above a ladder, and she drops paint on top of it, and he's there and stuff, and you can see the honeycomb pattern. It's like, okay. I clearly know what's going on here based on that. I won't say it here for spoiler reasons, but I'm pretty sure that anyone who watched those trailers with any type of critical eye saw that and went like, I know what's going on here. I get it. <laughs> like a, like a suit. Eager suit. Anyway. <laughs> so, uh, you know, but knowing that Lee Wanell directed it is what and wrote it is what got me there. Big upgrade, uh, upgrade this, got me here. I, I hear you, but also this trailer it got me. There wasn't, there wasn't, you know, there were some trailers that were better than others. I would say that. And I think you did not see one of the better trailers that I, I saw. Only, I only saw that Super Bowl one. Yeah, the initial it. teaser before the Super Bowl trailer was much more promising. In my mind, I was going and to effective. see. I was going to see a basic bitch thriller like Hollow Man. Right, right. That's right. what I thought. I'm going to go see. And Hollow that's Man. what that 
came across as. It came and across. I agree. I understand why you would feel that way. So going into it, my expectations were pretty low, or at least tempered at the very least. Mm. I did not expect to go in there to see anything of any real substance. However, I am happy to report that there is a lot going on in this movie and not all of it is 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 on the screen some of it's on the page but most of it is in the acting from elizabeth moss i would say so there's 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 a lot to unpack then the directing execution i think so too i think i think setting up a well-crafted i do uh, think that he elevated his own screenplay i think so i think Um, so i think the screenplay I i think the screenplay was pretty basic bitch I think between him and Elizabeth Moss, they both really elevated it. I would say the first act into the second act, they do a lot to build a lot of a, a, a great sense of tension and foreboding, where you're waiting for something they to happen. Took their time that that builds you up as an audience member, but whether you get a payoff to that. We're going to discuss here. But Mm. before we get too far into this review, Jay, of course, I wrote a synopsis. Adrian was a sociopath, completely in control. He said that wherever I went, he would find me. Adrian is dead. He's not dead. He's sitting in that chair. You need help. I'm not crazy. He's figured out a way to be invisible. Show yourself. Come on. Cecilia has escaped her abusive relationship only to be haunted by her deceased lover's presence. Literally. That is, until Cecilia decides to take the fight to him by using her greatest power, a woman's intuition. And that's that's one of my big problems of the movie is where it's just like, how do you know the man's invisible? I just feel it. You know, I just feel it. Now, obviously, she takes steps to prove the validity of of what she's feeling and stuff but But the the whole middle of the movie is that is that it's a woman's intuition is the whole is the whole end of the first and into the beginning of the second act is is just a woman's intuition and and don't get me wrong i believe that if you have been abused then you would probably at least know the warning signs like that's what she starts knowing the warning signs of what he's doing to control her again and what he's capable and of. And what he's capable of. Right. Which we as an audience member, uh, I guess you could say, you know, Dave and I were talking about this in uh, pre-production. And, and, and it was one of those things that we realized that you, we as an audience member don't really see it. We never saw the abuse. You don't see the abuse. And we don't even hear about it too much. We know that she was abused, but we don't know exactly what he did. She did say that she would al- yeah. that he would alienate her from, from the outside world. He would alienate her from people, and he would keep her to himself. And, and that is something that abusers do. They, they absolutely sure. do do that. Like I, I can, yeah. I listen to a lot of true crime podcasts and stuff like that. And there was one where like a husband who was controlling of his wife made sure that they only ever had one automobile because if he controlled the keys of that automobile, he controlled where she went. And it's something yeah. that, that, that you may think, that, oh, they did it for money reasons, but it's like, but they may have had enough money to afford another car. So that, that is something that is, that is abuse. That is emotional abuse. Mm-hmm. That is, that is a, a form of abuse, but not getting into too deep of detail about it leaves the abuse up to your imagination. Right. And you can argue that it, works more effectively that way you could maybe for some people right some other people maybe not for all you know he could have been backhanding her every time she opened her mouth or it could have been something that was that was emotional and verbal abuse where and and she at that point she was trapped in that relationship Mm. you know i mean when you look at that house (laughs) would you leave him would you (laughs) 
I mean, uh, she, she really she stayed for the dog Zeus, and that's what this movie did for me. That's it true. established the dog, and it kept me in every act going, "Where's the dog? Is the dog hurt? Is the dog gonna live? What's gonna happen? When is to he coming back on screen? The- <laughs> <laughs> Don't put a dog in a movie and expect me f- to forget that you introduced a dog into this story because <laughs> I didn't the whole way. I I can't spoil how the dog f- fits into the story, but it's not a whole fucking lot. <laughs> <laughs> not at all but and but this movie small bit this movie is kind of filled with that right where i i think like in the beginning they're setting up her her escape and stuff like that from the house and and that's where this movie starts it starts with her with her abandonment of him and getting away and finally taking that step that any person that is in an abusive relationship is it's so difficult for them to make but it's so brave of them when they finally make it is to just get out and she decides to get out and it's her escape and all the the crazy lengths that she has to go through to escape we kind of get an idea of the level of abuse just from that just from the, exactly. the length that she's willing to exactly. go to to get out. Uh, but there are things that are teased in those moments where like the camera kind of like pans across something that kind of shows something that'll be brought up later on in the movie. The problem that I have is in all that setup, like they focus on the dog bowl, right? And they're like, this it's gonna be important. Like that that takes up the whole like shot. Like they focus on it for the shot hangs on that for just a few seconds too long where it's like that's gonna be important later on there's a scene when 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 she's discovering you know other bits of evidence and stuff and it's like this is gonna be important is it because it doesn't come back (laughs) so some things were set up really well the location of certain um secret locations for example so certain things are set up to make you think that they're going to be extremely important but they wind up being red herrings and other things that are set up to be really important some are wind up showing back up and and having some weight and it makes me think that like maybe there was multiple directions for this to go and try not to be cliche or turn its head on it but became completely cliche. I do think that this film is is quite cliched in the end. I do think it, it is quite flawed in its in its execution of its monster, for lack of a better word, of I, the Invisible Man. I agree with uh, the final choices in the final act. It, it, it does raise the bar of really can you really go for that? Can you really believe right. that? It's really pushing it. It definitely it's left really me really pushing it. You know, wondering the 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 and it certainly dropped a couple notches from my score. I think because right. I, I was I was humming along. I actually really enjoyed this movie. I love the first act. I and I, I it, really enjoyed. It the took first its act. time. It yeah. did a great job performance wise. I think the execution of it all really well. I think it was um, by the. Th- it was, I think mainly in the spoiler section, I will get into yeah. my main flaws from the movie. I, I think we have um, to because because it's it, hard to say non spoilery you know it, like as far as like it all comes out of the story organically sure. your, your problems with it but I will say this it does have you questioning the laws of of physics and and the capability of the human body like what it's capable of doing um, but also the the fact that they kind of set it up as, as as like this mystery box that that has to become unraveled and stuff with an ultimate twist at the end and stuff like that mm. and and really that twist doesn't pay off at all um i think by the end of the movie i think it was completely telegraphed i knew exactly where they were going the second that that thing that comes up in the third act is it was was brought into the was brought into it i knew exactly where this film was going that's that's not knocking on it it's just saying that like it it became really predictable 
leading into into its ending for a film that really made me feel like it had a whole lot more going on and a whole lot more to say especially with like the abuse factor like i really thought we were going to get deep into her psychological you know state and i really don't think we spent enough time with her getting into that i don't I, think we saw the result I, of I, it I, not I th- so much I, getting into I th- it i think that's because of him yeah he did not give her the time to rest and, right. and get through it I there's or go just, through it. You kept on. You're right. It her. is tough. To, it is tough to get through. But ultimately, like in the end, I really felt like by the time I was done walking out of the movie, I was just like, eh, you just didn't go with it the way they wanted you to right. go with it. And it that's all it was. It's not. It, it it wasn't get out. It wasn't. You know. Now did you? It like, wasn't upgrade. It did wasn't you like anything. the Invisible Man fight sequence with the security guys? And the- not so much. No, I'll be honest with you. There, I liked some of it. I'll be honest with you, I did. It's a little weird. It was a weird sequence, right? Especially when you when you find out like these are like the same type of fight scenes that you would have gotten in Upgrade, right? But here, it's just like oh, it was so much more badass than you did before. Like, <laughs> I, I feel now like you could have taken an invisible man. I feel like you could have taken what you did there, applied it here, and probably had better results. But we did possibly, but. Maybe that's what happens when you take STEM out of the equation. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jay. I mean, we, we got to give it a score before we jump into any type of spoilers, man. What's your what's your score on Lee Wan L's The Invisible Man? I'm giving it a solid B plus. Right. I really enjoyed this movie. I thought it was just, you know a surprising success. I think this is a tough, um, you know, it's a tough premise. It's a tough movie to execute well and effective. And I thought they took the proper angle and spin on it. And it worked out pretty well overall for me as an enjoyment as a horror movie, as a psychological horror movie. Um, there are elements of it that I will get in spoilers that I thought um, really kind of dropped the ball, especially towards the end there. And, and you know, like we said, mentioned before, like you really don't see the abuse. So like during the time, you're like, is is it him? I'll, is it not him? I'll play devil's advocate. I'll play devil's advocate here, real Who's quick. Who's this invisible man? Like, if that's really him haunting if her. If you had a family member that was being abused, would you know it? Probably not. In fact, it's probably not. If right. Well, normally, and well, I don't, normally that's not the case. You wouldn't know. You wouldn't. But most people who are involved with, who are friends or relatives of people who are being abused, don't know that they're being abused. So the fact that we don't see it kind of makes sense for how abuse works. The fact that we don't sure. exactly know is, and I, and I, I'm just playing devil's advocate here because I I yeah. that was a negative that I brought up as well is that I don't know the level of abuse and stuff like that. But, but and we'll get into that in spoilers. Um, I, but uh, but as far as you know, overall, I think they did a great job with what they had going, and 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 I think they as a director and as a star, Elizabeth Moss, they really elevated what they had for me um, on page. For me, screen. I'm a little bit lower than you. Uh, pretty, I guess, significantly lower because I feel like, just like an invisible man, a lot of what this script and a lot of what this story is playing on is the invisible nature of uh, of of abuse and our perception of it. Mm-hmm. And if you have an incredibly realistic perception of of abuse and and how it works and stuff like that, and it's all left up to your imagination, uh, you know, and you're someone like me who's, in, I don't know, I, how do I put. It? So much of this film is under is is under the surface, but they didn't do enough to bring light to it. They didn't do enough to bring it forward. I don't think they did enough for Elizabeth Moss's character, Cecilia, to... Any to, kind of explanation for things. Not even explanation. It's just I, I needed to feel more for her in these moments other than being driven crazy by this, by, by, by 
the interactions that she had okay. previously that I never saw. Okay. Yeah. So I, I just I just felt like a lot of this was very surface and it didn't take the time to dig deep into anybody, but particularly our our monster, this invisible man. I don't know him. I don't know that we see him not really at all. At all. At all. And I And, and I don't I, think that's really a spoiler. I it's mean not. maybe it is. But it's but like, like this mythical you don't throughout the whole movie. It's like this mythical monster of like this is her abuser and like we're we like the the, the image that we twist into our head is supposed to like you know, it, we should be expecting Project. a monster yeah. by the time we see him and when we don't see that 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 is representative of 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 you know how abuse works you know uh, and how like think about like any crime it's like he was always just such a quiet boy i never thought that he was skinning 15 girls alive in his basement i never would have thought that you know but and and that that's the type of character we're trying to portray with him with the invisible man but yeah. i to me it it just never reached this height of where i truly feared him where i was truly fearful for her or where i felt like anything was doing anything that was above and beyond um, what was just being shown to me and what was being shown to me was all surface. And in the end, I was just like, it's okay. Yeah, it's fine. I had, I had a pretty darn good time watching this movie. It was pretty darn good. You could have done, you, you could have done more. You, you could have used your time a little bit more, a little bit more responsibly. And you could have told a, a tighter story with better written characters. And I think if this movie was written by a woman and directed by Lee Wano, we might have had a better character out of Cecilia, out mm. of Elizabeth Moss. What's your grade? C plus. Okay. I don't think that's too negative. I think there's enjoyment to be had here. Um I think it's definitely worth your time. I don't think there's I don't think it's worth your theater time though. I don't think it's worth your ticket price. I don't think it's worth twenty dollars on a Saturday afternoon. I agree. So Jay This is no rush. Spoilers, real quick, before we get out of here. Sure. Let's jump into that. Spoiler warning. Spoiler warning. Spoiler warning. All right. Real quick, Jay. Spoilers. Why don't you jump it off? You had a few things you were you were gonna ch- you were chomping at the bit to get at, and I'll just jump off of where you're going. Because I think me and you are both in the same vein. I think so. Um, oh, by the way, guys, the dog survived. He shows up in the third act and mm-hmm. and exits stage left along with Elizabeth Moss. <laughs> <laughs> like, he held yes. he held no bearing on the story whatsoever. He was just a he was just a good boy all the time. He's just a good boy. Anyway, gotcha. <laughs> I think the brother, the brother aspect of it all. A little Deus Ex Machina and how they there, right? Tied that in at the very end. I knew he was involved. To try and 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 make him to sow this seed of doubt that in the end we're not supposed to buy anyway because she's not buying it. So why should we, as the audience, buy it? Right? It's like, oh, the brother was the invisible man the whole time. Oh, and then we find there's right. actually a second suit. Right? He kidnapped. Well, we knew about the second suit, and I knew I knew about the suit at least from the opening scene when she's escaping because I felt like that's exactly what was in that thing that's being held by the clamps that's off in the background while she's shutting off security cameras in the beginning. Right. Not to mention, I knew it, the invisible man was going to be wearing a suit because a the trailer dropping the paint on him and the honey. Yeah, but pattern. I didn't. But again, I never. Also, paint does not wash off that easily. Un- exactly. Like. <laughs> <laughs> shit like that i was like what the fuck fuck physics dude it, it, but also that entire like, suit was they never explain they never explain how the suit even worked and they how did it work it was cameras and you know that the cameras are taking images of of what's around them and projecting it in front of them and around them so it, there's always going to be constant it, it, they're, they're, it's constantly basically refreshing the image right refreshing the image around them and creating you know a negative space but 
So weird. How does the suit not have sound? Because when you take a step, it makes a sound. If you can hear a phone, it, give, it does footprints. If you can hear a phone vibrate, well, you did see the footprints on the on the. Sheet. No, I said it does. It yeah. does. It does footprints. But if you can see, if you can hear a phone vibrating in the attic, you can mm. hear a two hundred pound dude taking mm. a step as well mm. up in that attic. <laughs> so I mean, it and it, the attic door opening, right? right. <laughs> which which, we know which with, when she opens with, it, with it's creak. Wah. I know exactly. But when he opens it, it's. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it just it. <laughs> It, the, the the movie really did use the 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 invisible suit as yeah. a super suit that could be used as the scene and the script required it to be used. Um, they they did do some subtleness though. Like one of the things I like, I like the subtleness, but I thought like is like, the moment example, like the, the at the, the dinner where she where she where the sister's throat the gets cut. Oh yeah, that was. Shocking. If you look at Elizabeth Moss's arm when 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 her hand goes up, right. you can see the imprint of his hand on her arm holding her hand up as he slashes her throat and brings the knife and puts it into her hand. Oh, interesting. But what Good I don't catch. like is that she doesn't feel her arm go up and then immediately go like, wait, what the fuck? Get your fucking hands off me. You know what I mean? Go the, suck an egg. Go suck an egg. <laughs> Get your fucking hands off me. <laughs> don't fucking touch the merchandise, eh? <laughs> she goes full Harley Quinn on him. Uh, anyway, uh, but I mean, like there, there are moments like that. Like there, there's the moment where she's being choked and held up in the air, mm. and I was like, okay. I mean, sh- she's not a large girl at all. She is, she is, ver- she she is quite petite in height. She's she's pretty short. Yeah. She's what would you say Elizabeth Moth is? Buck twenty, buck twenty five, buck thirty in that range. Uh, buck twenty five. Okay, so she's just getting lifted up in the air. And I'm just like, okay, so he's he's pretty strong. And then I see the guy at the end, and I was like, it's like fucking six foot, like, and skinny, like 160 pounds, sucking yeah. wet. Nah, he was he was not lifting her up with with one arm, let alone with two arms, let alone one. Uh, and being an extremely good fighter, exactly. And, and I'm sitting there, and, and then I was just like, she's she's like, and and even it, if even it if took, it was the brother like, in those scenes and not him, even if it was the brother and not him yeah. in those scenes, it doesn't matter because they both had the same body type. But when you're being choked in the air like that, and she has the knife, just stab forward. That's his head. Right. Take him out. The the this is the thing for me. This is the thing for me. Watching the movie, I went along with it extremely well. The way they wanted a viewer to go with it. Now, as a reviewer, then you sit with Dave four and he or five starts, days later. He starts and poking holes back at it. <laughs> Dave starts poking. It holes. is very apparent. And black and white right. about the the, the, the issues. You can had. take your time with this plot. You can poke so many holes that Lee Wanell was yes. just a little Dutch boy with his finger in the dam trying to keep all the water in from falling out. Yes, uh, but it, you know, it, in the end, I that, that's just that, that's my question. I didn't know enough about the technology of the suit that I just had to go with it. I just I just got to go with it because you're not going to give me an explanation. So I just have to say, fuck it. And that that's my big problem with Rise of Skywalker. That's why I took that to task. So why am I? Why wouldn't I take this to task for the exact same reason? If you're not gonna if you're not gonna teach me the rules of your world, then I'm gonna have to just assume that that you're making them up as they go along. And this movie's name of the game is I win. Why do you win? Because you make up the rules, so you're you're gonna win in the end. And I just have to go with it. Mm. And there, I did eventually give up on that while watching the movie. But when you get out of the movie and you think about it, it really starts to grind your fucking gears a little bit. <laughs> And like thinking about it, I was like, you know, why have her be the character who picks up the knife in the second act and tries to fight him? Right. Let her be the victim because it makes her turn towards the end even more powerful. 
Let her be. Let her be the victim. Let me believe her fear. She's so fearful of what's going on. She's so fearful of Adrian and what he's capable of that she's that that she's not even able to pick up a knife and defend herself. Right. Let her revert back to that. Well, they, I think they do show that sprinkled throughout the movie. Sometimes she does do. have it. And sometimes she doesn't. But in that scene, which is kind of like a pivotal, uh, you know, a, a very pivotal. Uh, suspenseful action moment in the scene kind of sequence, becomes yeah. an action scene stuff like that where it's like I at that point I already know that she's a fighter and I know that she's gonna win and I and I and I kind of I kind of know how she's gonna win by the time she gets to his house well so did I and that was another thing it was like uh, but I mean you, it was slick the way they did it I mean it oh was kinda, I didn't think so at all you thought that she's that, that this 125 pound girl was able to pick up the 200 the, the 160 pound dude's like arm and just hold it up and then slice his throat and then put the knife down like fucking nothing happened like you think that she was able, was to, able over- to do it <laughs> throughout the whole movie because the suit has whatever powers exactly. you needed to at the time so I don't know but like that's my point. We don't have the answers. Smoke and mirrors. Leon they used a the lot answers. of smoke and mirrors, and I went with it in the movie. I had fun with it, and you know, devil's advocate. Let's Dave, say Dave was Dave was you know his brain was working uh, overdrive that, that, that <laughs> during a, that movie. So. A, little, a little bit of smoke coming out of the yeah, old, yeah, coming were, out of the orifices. Were, yeah, you were not enjoying it quite huh. as much. Yeah, I thought I thought I I probably thought a little bit too hard, but I mean like. I, I know. I think that's a thing. I, I know some people are thinking. The problem is too, though. This. It gives you a lot of time to think because it is very quiet. It is very patient. It's fucking a little over two hours long. I was watching this it's with a my wife, too long. and I was just like, "If you were being choked, what would you do?" My wife's like, "I would just stab wherever I think of wherever I thought his face was." I was like, "Exactly." <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, stab, stab, stab! Don't stop stabbing until the motherfucker don't move. And then when he stops moving, and then when he stops moving, start stomping. <laughs> 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 Well, to kill somebody, you, you you do have to do a lot of stabbing. Right, right. Turn that head in. The, well, she was stabbing him with a pen in the in the wow, uh, in the, right. in, in the hospital and stuff. But yeah, I mean that hospital scene was pretty lackluster. But I'm sorry if you show me a dog in the first <laughs> act, you know I expect that dog to be incredibly important by the third act. And really, that dog was just a dog. You know, that's like uh, literally screenwriting 101. You're gonna show me something in the beginning of the film and make me feel like it's important, then it has to come back up at the end of the film. But there were so many red herrings in this movie at times that it just it doesn't work. And the big twist with the brother, how do we even unpack that? I just don't. The fact that we don't know whether Adrian was actually in that suit or maybe it's her own psychosis that just caused her to believe that. Maybe it really was and, the brother. And the, the only explanation that maybe that it was him was surprise. One word. Right. One word. Right. One word. That was it. Was women's intuition. But hey. to be fair, in the movie's defense, that is how abuse works. No one ever believes the person who's being abused. The authorities certainly almost mm-hmm. never believe them, you know, to, to the level well, abuse they're dealing with. Me too movement. But this is this is a symptom of it's that. kind of a, on its head right now, to right. be honest. But what I'm saying um, is, what I'm saying is, it, you know, you're thinking in Hollywood terms. You're thinking of of Eastern northern northeastern right. United but, States. But term. legal terms, you're saying in legal terms, yeah. right? It's it's always her word against his, and yeah. often without any physical evidence, you can't do anything right. about it. So if we sit here and, and then we become the bad guys, if we say we never really saw Adrian do anything bad in this movie, so is she crazy when she just kills him at the end? We're part of the problem. We're not believing the victim. We're part of the problem. Just by us saying that so i can't say that here even though a little bit while watching this movie part of me went like how crazy would it have been if he was not involved at all and she just fucking gathered him in the fucking end anyway i'd like the movie even more i would like the movie even more <laughs> so I, was I was like you got balls you got balls leave on you got uh-huh. balls to go there uh-huh 
Oh man. So anyway, talk about the dark universe, baby. Talk about right, right. Well, fucking dark. Now she's just a fucking psychopathic killer. Psycho killer. Run, 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 run away. That's gonna do it for Super Movie Brothers this evening. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a five-star review on the podcast listening app of your choice. If they don't allow you to leave reviews, write that listening app. Tell them to fuck you. Let me leave Super Movie Bros <laughs> a fucking review. Or, hey, just reach out to us on social media. Let us know how much you're enjoying the show. Start up a conversation with us. You can reach me on Twitter at Super Movie Pod. You can reach Jay on the Facebook's Super Movie Bros Podcast on there you can also send us emails if you like a lot of people have been asking for the email address for the show so i'll put that out there it is super movie bros podcast at gmail.com jay where can they find you on the old instagram so instagram super movie bros and twitter s uh j underscore smb and of course if you're really enjoying the show and leaving a review or just reaching out to us is not enough for you then you can also join the Patreon for just $1 a month. You can get all the additional content that is available to our patrons over there. And that is at patreon.com slash podcast. And then finally, if you just want to hear your own voice in the show, then you can give our hotline a call. The hotline number is 267 415 Zero seven. If you can't remember all this, it'll be in the description of the show. I want to thank all of you guys for listening. Have a great one. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.